Welcome back to New Persuasive Words. I'm Scott Jones. I'm Bill Bohr. And today we are going to talk about ourselves. Just kidding. What are we going to talk about, Bill? We're going to look at the whole phenomena of selfie. But not selves, but selfies. selfies. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Even when I was younger and better looking, I did not really like to be photographed. So there's part of this that's totally uh, lost on me. Uh, personally, but uh, I think it's a it's a fascinating phenomenon. So what fascinates you about it? Well, I think part of it is, is in some levels, this whole um, breaking down of public-private. You know, uh, I listened to a interview on NPR, and, and um, actually you reminded me of this interview, which I'd heard the first time it was on. And in some levels, there's this artist who does selfies. And part of her latest... Uh, I don't know what you call posting or exhibit is based on this idea of the leaked selfie. Oh yeah. 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 And so she actually uh, thinks it's important to put out there what girls do in the privacy of their bedrooms as kind of art. And again, I'm not judging what is art and what isn't art. Um, it just seems it, to me, it's one other breaking down of any kind of boundary between private public. Matter of fact, you could argue that with the, with the selfie and with other um, instant access uh, social media, there is hardly any private space. Yeah, because once it's out there, it's in somebody's server somewhere. And it, 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 in fact, there was a recent, I saw something on Twitter where a citizens activist group was asking Twitter to not let po politicians delete their tweets because they were arguing it's part of the public record and Twitter didn't go along with it. They said this, a politician is a user like anybody else. And right. part of their self-expression is to be able to get rid of the tweets. But it's interesting because now there's, it's like, it's part of the record and we ought to be able to access that in future discussions. But yeah, yeah. It's the sense that we're entitled to data. Once it's out in the cloud, we're entitled to it. Yeah, it seems to me that eventually the Secret Service agents may need to wrestle a politician's hand to the ground before they hurt themselves. Yes. With a, uh, <laughs> a tech. And, you know, and, and I actually was thinking about this. I'm not so sure that, a, that uh, uh, tweeting or even Instagram uh, uh, is not just another form of this kind of, uh, of immediacy. You know, I mean, you look at what people often tweet. And it's almost like a, a mental selfie, uh, whatever they happen to be thinking. Um, and these are even, I've, you know, I, I, I've just, I, I've avoided Twitter, but 
as in conjunction part with this podcast, I've gotten, you know, uh, slowly more involved, but I'm just kind of, uh, it's just interesting that, uh, uh, there is, uh, no, um, thought that is, is too small to be shared with, uh, with everybody. Yeah. I think what, what is curious to me is to what degree technology itself creates the phenomena. Marva Dawn in one of her books said that what we do now is we intimize our technology and technologize our intimacy, mm. right? So there's sexting and there's, you know, there's all this erotic stuff, behavior that takes place over the internet. So you're technologizing intimacy or, you know, you, you get on FaceTime to say hi to your kid because you're traveling all the time or something. If, if it's not erotic, it's emotional or family connection. And then we intimize our technology. So you're, hello, Bill, where do you need to go today? You know, and you, you, so you can kind of customize the interface on everything so it feels personal to you. Yeah, you know, and again, it's a marvelous tool. I mean, there's a lot of great things. I, you know, I'm thankful there wasn't cell phones when I was in high school because it just totally eliminates one of the best alibis of all time. Sorry, Mom and Dad, I wanted to call you, but there was no phone available. Exactly. That is not possible anymore. But the other thing I think is... Is, is the selfie phenomenon just part of the democratizing? Like you and I have started a podcast and we have a fancy microphone that looks like a radio studio microphone. It, it, and that would have been possible without certain technology before to be a broadcaster. You know, to get a message out there, we would, ha we would have had to have been real broadcasters. Like it, with, the, with technology, lots of people have the ability to broadcast. I mean, you think about the self-portrait. You had to be a pretty good photographer in years past, and you had to invest a pretty significant amount of money into equipment to do it. Now, even just regular photography, think about if you were going on a trip to Europe, right. you'd have to figure out how much to budget on film and, right. and developing it. And what if you lost the picture? Now you can retake it if you don't, and you can take as many pictures as you want. No, I like that. Oh, you know, and it, the same thing I think about uh, photo, you know, photoshopping and editing all the all the apps now that you can edit yourself these i mean in some levels the images that's particularly for women but i think it's affecting men as well now but uh i think it's awesome that in some levels you can do the same thing to your selfie that uh, has been done to magazines that really have helped distort the image of what a woman's body should look like or what you know everyone looks so amazing in, in photography and magazines, well, we, we, in some levels, take the mystery out of that because you can do that to yourself now. So there's, to me, there's, there's a part of that uh, that I think is a healthy thing. Well, it's interesting, too, is that it's, it's off. So here's the funny thing about it, right? It's awkward. If you wanted your picture taken by something, it's awkward to say to somebody, hey, take my picture, unless they're your friend. You know. So on one level, you see the one of the reasons why technology makes it possible, like take your own picture, capture your own moment. But the funny thing is, you know, was it the G8 or whatever last year, the Obama's doing selfies with yeah. Angela? I'm thinking, what you have, you all have protection details. You are not people that ever are in a situation where you need to feel awkward about asking somebody to take a photo. Everybody'd love to do it for you. You're, it's funny that that. I wonder how much of that is is these leaders of the free world want to feel like everybody else. So what is uh, 
everybody else do in a narcissistic kind of technologized culture. They take selfies. Yeah, I know. I, I actually thought that was that was kind of fun. You know, the other thing I I um, think it can sometimes be powerful about the picture is you know I've I've you know, I have Facebook friends and friends who you know have, are fighting cancer, for instance, and I think sometimes. There can be really courageous pictures that uh, I'm owning what I look like in this battle. I'm here. I think that that can be very, very powerful. And, you know, I, I, I do think in some levels it's a way of you know becoming comfortable with self. I remember a number of years ago, we had a young you know, a high school worship team. And the music director and I had this conversation because she was struggling about having a dress code or not for, for the young women. And, and, you know, people don't always make the best judgments about what they wear yeah. Yeah. At, at church. My favorite one is the deacon who one time wore party naked T-shirt to take up the offering. Okay. We did not necessarily improve our giving that day, but... Don't try that at home. It's something no one will forget. No one forget. Obviously, I haven't forgotten it. And you know, I, I think, and I've never, I didn't have daughters, so this is not something that I dealt with on the front line basis. But I, I always thought there was a bit of a tension because, on one level, you want people, to, young women, to feel good about their bodies. I mean, over the years, how many devastating situations I've dealt with because people struggle with body image and eating disorders and all kinds of terrible things. And so there's a, on one level, when a young girl or woman is feeling good about themselves, you, you really want to encourage that. But um, I still think there's a, there needs to be some sort of semblance of what virtue is, what modesty is, that it's okay and it's good for you not to share everything with everybody. I think that's an important principle. Yeah, and I think... I go back to Thomas Merton's distinction between seeing yourself and being yourself. And Merton thinks that when you're being yourself, you're, you're not projecting what you want people to see. You're just kind of being who you are authentically. And most of us live our lives seeing ourselves. Like we're, we're, we're trying to imagine at, at the same time we're acting and interacting what people are seeing. And, and, and we're less being our true selves than projecting a self that we're seeing, we're looking at and hoping everyone else is seeing the same thing. And I think like lots of things in life, there are probably selfies that your example was great of a cancer patient who's a survivor and is mm -hmm. tracking where they're really being themselves and people are getting to look in, but they're not trying to construct something for people to look in. And I think there are lots of examples where it's seeing yourself in the worst sense, where you're trying to make this sketch, this, this image, of 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 the person that you want to be and you want people to see you being and i think that's probably where it's deleterious yeah i mean for me one of the things i've always loved about european films for instance or even you know foreign films in general that often they actually look like real people yeah the actors and actresses whereas you don't see very many flawed people uh in a lot of American TV or, or cinema. And uh, and when you're seeing people on the screen, you're seeing them at their best. And I, I, I think that that really can lead us to a kind of, of an illusion, if you would, about ourselves. And that we now can enter into the fantasy and participate 
in it in ways that maybe lead us away from ourselves. Hmm. So we so we are we pro or anti selfie? Well, I think like everything, we're kind of it depends. We're in the middle. Yeah, I think it de- it really depends on on what your intentionality is, uh, how free you are, and how self aware you are in doing this, uh, and that you don't get caught into the trap that what we are is what you see. Have you ever taken a selfie? Yeah, uh, a few times. My, my I did one recently when I was uh, helping lead a group of uh, uh, urban kids to Washington, D.C. And this one high school girl was giving me a huge prop. She goes, Mr. Bill, you probably don't even know what a selfie is. So I, I photobombed her in front of the uh, Washington Monument. <laughs> okay, so you did do, all right, you have done this. That's surprising. I was, I was not sure that you'd ever done a selfie. Well, uh, you know, the gauntlet was thrown down. All right. So there was a, there was extenuating circumstances <laughs> under normal conditions. I mean, you would spontaneously not yes, do that, a selfie. That's, that would be correct. All right. So I know you. I, I feel like I know you. Now. <laughs> it, it's interesting. I think I heard a kind of avant-garde filmmaker, a really good one, lecture at Princeton University. There's a religion and film class taught by Jeffrey Stout. And what he's comes from a Jewish background, but now he's he's what they would call a buju, I guess, like Jewish background sort of practices Buddhism. And his avant-garde, mostly silent films, I mean, these things are, are breathtaking. But one of the things he talks about is that the experience you have in a blockbuster in the theater is generally it's shot in a way to make you forget that the camera's there. Hmm. So it's first person. You know, you're just, you're swept into it. You're going through the car chase or the dancing scene, wherever it is. Avant-garde film is constructed in a way to make you, to make it so that you can't help but see the artist's side, the camera. You're always aware, sometimes painfully so, that you're looking through the through a lens that's not your own, That's it's an interpretive lens. And he said really good films, like, oftentimes are oscillating carefully between that like mm. you, you think of like uh woody allen's crimes and misdemeanors and that thing is shot so carefully uh there's generally sometimes it's shot like a traditional sort of hollywood film other times there are things that because the there's a metaphor about seeing and of course this is a it's a kind of riff off of crime and punishment and the idea is does god see everything are there perfect crimes so you notice when people are in moments of sort of uh, self-awareness, they oftentimes have glasses and sometimes have stuff like, and then on one particular dark scene of the movie, you see a really close up shot of a headlight and then it goes out, but it looks like an eye and it's as if there's no, you know, it's a, it's a, it's there. You can interpret it a lot of different ways, but it's a pretty poignant shot. Now I wonder how, because I was thinking about the interview, the NPR story we were talking about, and you had one person that was interviewed, which sort of like selfies. She was a tech reviewer, reviewing apps. And the other person was seemed much more like an artist who was really doing communicative art through doing selfies. And I, I just wonder how you know. In most, I wonder how much of life is lived or good moments or somewhere in between those poles of filmmaking or something. Yeah, no, I think that's interesting. Uh, 
and I can never remember this film title. A couple of years ago, I won the uh, Foreign Film Academy Award. It was an Italian film. Uh, Beauty was in uh, The Great Beauty, I think that's what it's called, it's something like that. And there's a scene, it's, a, it's an amazingly shot film. Uh, you could watch it without the subtitles and hmm. just enjoy it. But there's a scene where um, there's an exhibition where this young man uh, is showing the protagonist who is, a, who is an author who hasn't really written anything for 25 years, this gallery that's all around these walls of the pictures that his father took. And his father took a picture of him every day of his life. Oh, wow. And it was a beautiful kind of, um, kind of tribute to this, this loving attending. And maybe in some levels, a selfie is, is wanting someone to see us, hoping that we can be, um, can be known. Um, you know, maybe there's, there's an eschatological thirst there that really ultimately can't be, can't be fulfilled or quenched, uh, you know, because I think in some levels, we, we long to be known as we are known and know as we are known. I mean, that's in some levels a spiritual quest. And I think is a, is a selfie, uh, uh, I don't want to call it, it's not a cry for help, but is it not part of the existential uh, hope that we are seen and known? And the power of that scene was the father saw and knew his son. Hmm. Hmm. For all the people that don't have theological lexicons, by the way, eschatology just means, right, like having to do with last things, ultimate things. Yeah. Future things. Where's the train going? Yeah. I think every good thing probably evokes in us something eschatological in that, like, we're we see a little bit of beauty, we kind of want ultimate beauty. We see, we get a little bit of connection, we kind of want ultimate connection. Sure. And probably the absence of those things creates this, a similar hunger. Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to know that we're seen. Um, even more so, it'd be nice to know that we are accepted. And, and maybe even the greater joy would be to know that we're received. Yeah. Well, to our listeners... If you're going to take a selfie this week, do it uh, in the spirit, hopefully, of being yourself. Because uh, I think it's when we're being ourselves that we've got, we probably will feel most seen. And regardless of whether or not you take selfies or not, um, one of my deepest convictions is that we always are seen. And in that seeing, there is great love.